everybody and hello humans. This is Not Robots, DC comic review show. Focusing completely on future state and related comics for the duration of the event, this week we are covering Shazam, Nightwing, Catwoman, Immortal Wonder Woman, The Next Batman, and Superman Worlds at War. You'll be able to catch many episodes covering additional DC titles and comic publishers with Not a Robot Comic Quick Bites. Those are only going to be available to our Patreon community at first, and they get access to all of our bonus content starting out for just a dollar a month at patreon.com forward slash notarobotpodcast. My name is Josh, and as always, helping me bring this podcast to you are my co-hosts, Jared. Victory is mandatory. <laughs> and Reed. Cowabunga, my dudes. We summarize, analyze, and editorialize every issue we cover and strive to keep it all about the content with no publisher influence. We're also on Twitter at Not A Robot Show. Reed is at PGH underscore Reed, and Jared is at HoneyBadger underscore Bot. And of course, you can send in a show mail to NotArobotPodcast at gmail.com. The next part is dedicated to those that support us with their hard-earned money, but that's not the only way that you can. Like, subscribe, download, and share our episodes as much as possible because nothing helps out quite as much as that. Now is the time we say a gigantic thank you to the people who help us support the podcast. They subscribe to our Patreon, as I mentioned before, for as low as a dollar a month. It's great. They make sure we keep bringing you more and better content. This is the Not A Robot Anti-Beatbot Must Be A Human shout-out and roll call. And this shout-out goes to our humans. Weird Science Jim, Blue Mondays, Hollister, Torpedo Face, and Rotch Crockett. A big huge salute to all of you and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now and show us you just might be a human after all and get a shout out on the Not A Robot. Anti-Beatbot must be a human roll call. Yeah, guys. So how's everybody doing this week, guys? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just uh, upgraded. Got a new chair. Today's less squeaky, much more comfortable. Right. Got some lumbar support. Having a lot of fun okay. with that. Heck yeah. That's the things, the things you get excited about as an adult. Editing. New chair. Saying, Woo! Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. The grocery store had my flavor of yogurt in stock the other day. So, I mean, I totally get gotta, it. You got to get the necessities. <laughs> Symbol of being old. I'm old, buddy. Let me tell you. How's things going in your neck of the week, Jared? Another day trying to play it to take over the world. <laughs> So, uh, business as usual, then? Yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Guys, th- my well, dog, Tails, he's having a great day. He had his favorite uh, um, wet food today that I mix in for dinner. He, he loves it, the prime rim, his very favorite from Aldi. Uh, but the problem was he scarfed it down a little bit too fast because he was very enthusiastic about it uh, and then <laughs> barfed it up just before we started recording. Uh, and I oh, just no. like, to, well, don't worry, because uh, dogs make the best out of any situation. Um, he's currently enjoying <laughs> his second helping of prime rib right off the carpet. Mm, yeah, bone, you know, bone uh, apple tea. I think he did that on purpose. He just loved it so much. Had to have it twice. <laughs> exactly. Technically, it's three times, really. <laughs> just once in reverse. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gross. Nobody can hear Jared's face, but it looks really loud. Answer <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dry heaving noises right there. I heard that. <laughs> All right, dog puke aside, everybody, let's go ahead and get into the book, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> the first book, priced at three ninety nine, finds the hero of the rock in between a rock and a hard place in Future State Shazam number one. 
written by Tim Sheridan with art by Eduardo Pensica, Julio Ferreira, and Marcelo Malo. Letters by Rob Lee with Bernard Chang and Mialo on that cover reads, What is going on with Shazam? Uh, great question. Great question. I did the review on this one, and it's still a great question. Um, but th- this, <laughs> this latest entry into the increasing number of future state titles takes place years after uh, what's being called the final battle of Titan's Island. Earth's mightiest mortal now leads a small team of heroes who are struggling with limited resources and a sense that nothing has really been the same since the incident. Um, so we've got this new team. There's a bunch of cool new friends here. Um, I don't know all of them. They're all kind of new to me, but I really like their look. Miss Martian um, is, seems really grumpy. I'm into that. She also has red shoes. Big fan. Yeah, we Miss Martian has been around before, mostly mm-hmm. in the Young Justice cartoons where she's a lead character. Right. But she's always been a, a, a big fan favorite. She's, oh, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, good to see a couple of – now, let me ask you guys this. Before we get going on, I couldn't find anything. Do you Is the new character who looks like the blank from the Dick Tracy, um, check that out on Patreon. You can spend a yes. dollar and hear that. It's coming up. Who is that? Is that, a, is that a character? It's the question. That's the question. Ah. But it's, it's not it's, – it's like Brozak. It's, it's the it question, it but it's – yeah. It's, it's not – at least as far as I know, who the hell knows that daffy bastard? At first, it was Vic Sage, as far as we know. It was Vic Sage, and then it was Ron- Rene Montoya. But this question, oh. we don't know the identity of yet. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, because they say Vic Sage wouldn't do that, and he was like, yeah, sure did. Uh, and then they, they <laughs> mentioned that Montoya is missing as well. But, you know, yep. that's not the only thing that's amiss. Uh, everyone can sense on the team that things are not quite right, but no one is able or maybe willing to figure out exactly what that is. Uh, apparently Shazam hasn't spoken with his family or any other super teams for months, um, and he's not acting himself. Uh, kind of going rogue, handling things in a very unbilly kind of way. Mm-hmm. We we get a mention that they say that he hasn't reverted to. No one has seen him revert to Billy, and uh, since the incident, and um, he is acting a little bit out of character. Uh, the problem is, is um, these guys are really strapped and they don't have time to kind of dwell on these things as crises keep popping up everywhere. Uh, the most recent one is a jailbreak where uh, Giganto, Giganta and what Robot Man are breaking the creeper out um, <laughs> mm-hmm. in a kind of a little fun prison break scene. You know, Lady gets big and gets to squash a couple guys. I always like to see that kind of stuff. Uh, but the good guys show up, have a little standoff. It's pretty boilerplate stuff. Until we get to the end when we find out somebody done killed that creeper. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, the team gets even more suspicious as uh, Shazam, a.k.a. Don't Call Me Billy, attempts to put an end <laughs> to any investigation. Uh, then we get uh, a scene of Shazam going to like a safe house location and apparently battling to the death Johnny Thunder. Yeah, which, wow, I did not see that coming. Now, I, I, I was not very familiar with that character of Johnny Thunder until I read this issue, and then I did my homework because I looked this dude. Well, I saw that he had lightning eyebrows, and I was, I was fucking in. <laughs> <laughs> right? Of that's course. You know, uh, that, that's what would sell it for somebody who, who is such a big fan of Batman Beyond just because of mask lips. <laughs> right, oh. exactly. <laughs> same, it's the, that's the same kind of stuff. But um, 
there's not much else that go- I mean, we we see we know obviously there's something going on with Billy, and then we get to see a little quick cut um, where uh, Shazam went to hell and struck a deal with uh, Neron to split him in twain into Billy and Shazam because Billy is going to stay and guard the Rock of Eternity, and Shazam is going to go out and be a superhero. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I I have to say that just I mean I've never been a superhero before you know, myself, but Mm -hmm. I just, I would think that making a deal with anybody that's known as the Lord of the Dead in anything Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. looks like a realm of the dead Mm -hmm. is probably a bad idea. Billy, come on, you know better. It's page one stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, you have that. So speaking of, the next episode is uh, he made a deal, and uh, next time the devil is coming to do. Um, Yeah, and it has the predictable tropes. I mean, you've split Shazam from Billy uh, on the cellular level did i do that joke already nice not yet no i thought i I I did that one but he split him on the cellular level uh so you know billy's all the innocence (laughs) and good and shazam is all the power and like tough guy stuff and obviously it's gonna go a little off the tracks um Mm -hmm. the very ending we there looks like we're about to have a big confrontation i guess i'm gonna have a team fight shazam but that'll have to wait until next time um Kind of in summation, this issue, it's got a lot. It's like all the other future state. These are great ideas, and I am on board for almost all these storylines. The only problem is some of them don't really meet the standard of the ideas or the pitch. And I think a lot of them are constrained by the the time frame. I think this story could have been great to spell out over six issues, seven issues. But like you said, we're going to have two. And I think... Either the stories need to be condensed in this case or extremely fleshed out because a lot of this stuff let my head spin in. And I I mean, I was doing the review on this one. So I went to Wikipedia or, you know, like I went to a bunch of wikis to try to see what the hell was going on. And I'm no dummy. I know how to read comic books that I don't even have any knowledge of for the most part. But this one, I just kept thinking, what the hell am I missing? Have you ever seen Supernatural? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I have. Okay. uh... (laughs) Yeah, he's a big Supernatural fan. When Sam lost his soul, that's the that's the way it explains yep. what happened to Shazam. Yeah, you, yeah, that's kind of a trope that pops up a lot. And I mean, it's a cool idea. I would have liked it to be a, like that's the whole arc, but this, you know, it doesn't get enough time. Uh, so this one for me, actually, I'm giving it a six point five out of ten. The art is amazing. I love it. Even the static pages where nothing's going on are wonderful to look at, but. It just see it either needs to cut out some of this stuff or give me more pages. Uh, I get that, Jared. What did you give it? Well, uh, it had my main man question in there, and hell yeah, because I absolutely love that daffy bastard. Uh, <laughs> it it had the whole supernatural soul separated vibe, and I'm I'm a fan of the show, so it felt like when big, Sam big, lost big his soul, fan. and uh, I don't. I don't remember where, but there's writers from the show that's writing for during Future State. I can't I can't recall where. Ooh, that's a, yeah. that's exciting. It uh, is. That was, that was it wouldn't right be the beginning. first time Mick G's written comics, but I don't think that Jeez. that would be. Oh, there you go. Get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm for real. Mick G's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Sure. Some of them are a little weird, but <laughs> like his move, like his de- directorial uh, uh, career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I got excited because they brought Creeper in, but I was wondering what all they were going to do with him because, okay, they're bringing somebody – talking about someone specific. It's going to be something really big. Nope, he died. So, yeah. <laughs> Poor Creeper. 
Just fall. Tom Absolutely. Taylor did it to him. Now future state. <laughs> he can't catch a break. He's one scary looking Kermit the Frog. But I'm going to have to give This it... is for the real DC fans out there. Tree lobsters for life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have to give it 7.5 dead creepers out of 10. The art carried it along uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it it definitely did. Um, But uh, it, it can only go so far. The story isn't bad. I just, I, it feels like something's missing. It feels like something's off. Um, you know, the the art w- really, really was great. It's it's just a trope that we've seen a whole lot. Even though we haven't seen it with Shazam before, it's something we've seen a whole lot of. And unfortunately, something like that, I think Reed is right. We need more time to flesh out. There's got to be more story to it than just, hey, they were separated. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that that Shazam without Billy acts in a whole lot more like Black Adam, though. But what are, what are his initials stand for? Which one of those Greek gods? All were assholes. So every time they're in the comic book, they're all assholes. If he's got the if if when he's got the innocence of Billy inside the of Billy him, of it all. He's maybe yeah. he's got the best qualities. When he doesn't, maybe he's a dickhead like they're all like his namesake. That's likely why they are so strict about the rules of who those powers are supposed to go to. Maybe next time they should have someone other than the wizard pick, because he doesn't have the greatest record. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, it's just part of it. Once you you get a taste of that quick as mercury business, it goes to the head. Yeah, women don't like that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, this is definitely not the Shazam we are used to seeing around. Someone else has lost a little joy in their step, too. This time, it's because their dad is dead. Priced at three ninety nine and written by Andrew Constant, with art brought to us by Nicholas Scott, a fan favorite artist of this character, and Ivan Placencia on colors, lettering by Wes Abbott with a cover from Yasmin Puku. Next up is Future State Nightwing number one. Jared, take us through it. Well, I want to start off with the cover. I I, I think it's a brilliant use of some of the ink. Uh, it's it's darkness where the, the various use of dark grays and blacks kind of goes along with the whole motif of the, the entire issue. Like, the, it starts off with the spotlight on Gotham where it looks like one of the magistrate's droids are coming towards a couple and Nightwing's here to save the day. Mm-hmm. As Nightwing it tends to do. But it seems to be all part of their plan because little dialogue boxes uh, pop up saying that it's all going according to plan. And the amount of dialogues dialogue boxes and when the frames are really zo- uh, zoomed in so it's so really detailed look of his you know hands i don't give a rest i want to see nightwing i don't want to see you know his freaking glove who the hell cares it seems like a very lazy way to be able to pass phases or fill another panel in well nightwing easily defeats the box because he's you know as josh said son of the bat uh mm-hmm. not well not biologically but hey not all blood makes family, not all family's blood. Exactly. The couple seems extremely calm. That sets Nightwing on edge because, well, if you just got attacked or anything like that, you'd be panicky, you'd be breathing hard. Uh, he picks up on it because he is the first ward of the, the DC's greatest detective. It's a trap! <laughs> you got to do the face. You have to make the face or the lips don't get there. <laughs> there you go. I don't have the screen spread to do that. <laughs> okay, well, the couple turns out to be uh, an augmented dude and some crazy broad with knives. Uh, it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really go into what they, who they were or anything. It didn't really matter because Nightwing took him down with ease. 
Next thing you know, Nightwing's flinging around because, hey, this is a trap, and that was the bait, and someone's got to be pulling the strings. So we quickly find a sniper because, you know, Gotham's got so many skyscrapers and so many different vantage points, but, you know, he's Nightwing. So he quickly finds the, the sharpshooter, and Nightwing starts talking to him a little darker than what we used to seeing Nightwing. I'm using Nightwing now because he's not yet Dickwing. Uh, Dickwing is when he's got on the Deathstroke mask. And you see yeah, the still slow Nightwing progression. Yeah, you see that slow progression. That's yeah, we're not getting the, there. That's not the playfulness that Nightwing generally ends up having. He, he's coming across as a bit of a hard ass. Even in the comics prior to Future State, we have started to see Nightwing kind of take a Batman-like approach to his relationships. Or at least those beginning footsteps. The only difference, the only exception to that is... The fact that he's starting the Titans Academy. But he is definitely, definitely stepping back on his relationships and and becoming a little bit more solo. He breaks this guy's femur as kind of like a goof. And that's like the worst bone to break. And he just is like, hey, do you have a broken femur? Sucks. Here, here, have one. And it breaks this guy's leg. Like, come on. He was walking away. He was walking away. And the guy said... He's overcompensating because he doesn't have his bat daddy around anymore. And to Dick Grayson, that was a a dagger to the heart. So he reacts, I ain't going to kill you, you son of a bitch, but I'll make you wish for it. (laughs) Sorry, Sniper Dude had it it coming. I'm 100% pro Nightwing on that end. (laughs) But at the very end, you find out that uh, even with a broken femur, mission was accomplished. But we, they don't really allude to what it means because nowhere in any panel did I see anything that it actually alluded to later on. I think they, they were kind of basically going for that. I, my kind of sense here was that the mission was to like, and like he jokes, he's the guy even says you're acting a little bit more grimdark than usual. And I think that's the whole point to like make him piss him off and make him start acting irrationally and like more grimdark. I think it's baiting him into to coming there because they know the areas that he's hunting and, you know, that's the way to catch what they consider a prey is to set a trap. And a couple getting harassed by a big giant robot, and we are anti-robot here, uh, <laughs> is... Uh, Very much so. That's a good way to get Nightwing or any of the Bat family, especially in Gotham, if you're going to do it, to, to come there, is, you know, set it up something like that because they're going to defend the people. Mm-hmm. But... It, they flash to the Magistrate HQ, uh, Peacekeeper 01, because you can't just call him Peacekeeper. We have to have a Dash 01, because... There's 12 of them in Gotham, and he's the leader. Come up with 12 names. Come oh, on. they, 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 well, so far, the one, certain ones have been, you know, I mean, personified. They, they may not have their secret identities revealed, but these are definitely individual characters. Now, is that a ranking system? Yeah, and I think it is. It's a ranking system, and I think they don't have names on purpose because their whole deal is anti-mask. So if they had right. names like Justice Reaper or something like that, that's perpetuating the same <laughs> shit <laughs> that they're trying to stop. Yeah, so yeah. They, you got a point pro there. Wrestler. Yep. Yeah, that's my alter ego. <laughs> yeah, and it seems, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Peacekeeper 1, of course, is at the top. And then the di- there's districts that are broken up in you know in Gotham, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 lower the number, the closer you are to the center. This is so Peacekeeper is... Twelve has to deal with the Badlands, and we saw 
the uh, the fate of Peacekeeper 12 didn't exactly end so well going against Katana and the Outsiders. Yeah, th- th- it's this kind of classic, uh, you know, video game RPG or like tabletop kind of D&D logic where each of these different sections is controlled by a mini boss and you got to beat all of them. And then one is zero one is the, the big bad. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, at the at the each HQ, uh, Peacekeeper One and Captain Marks are the Mark jibber jabber typical villain crap. Uh, heroes heroes are terrorists. Examples must be made. Their bodies have to be put on display. The only line that I found completely entertaining is the victory is mandatory because I'm raising two of the cutest little future supervillains, and they they say stuff like that all the time. <laughs> Hold on, because everybody that's listening to this is gonna wanna. If for those who have not hit the back up fifteen second button already, um, can you say that one more time? You're raising what? Two future supervillains. Two supervillains <laughs> in training. I caught the cute my, ones though. Oh, they're adorable. So there had you go. A, had it's a, fine. That's fine. I had, a, I had a buddy come over. My daughter just staring. I'm like, sweetie, what are you doing? Assessing his weaknesses. Don't talk like that. Mine... keep that stuff on the inside so they don't know. <laughs> um, yes. They're mine... in training. They're in training. It's fine. His his daughter will argue with you that Joker is the hero and Batman is the villain. He is. In any case. He just we'll wants to see we'll... smile. We'll see. We'll save that for another. Yeah, episode. yeah. I don't. I have. I have a whole. I got a whole diatribe on how that is actually true. But we'll save. We'll save it. Oh my that's, that's a Patreon exclusive. That will be a Patreon exclusive. Josh versus Jared and Reed. Batman versus Joker. You heard it here first. Coming soon to a Patreon near you. We got to get like a belt made up, and then like every once in a while, a champion puts up on something, send it back and forth between ourselves. Challenge accepted. All right, and then you enter the, the cozy getaway retreat, the bed and breakfast known as Arkham Asylum. <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. It's cozy. They put a cot, they put a pop-up pictures, you'll love it. There's caution tape and dented gates and everything. Yeah, it's, it's completely wrecked. It looks like a frat party just happened there. Just well, the right number of boards on the windows. Well, yeah, it takes deep, decent spacing. Uh, now you're being a bad girl, Babs, because there's more than one. Sum up the current events in, re- in regards to the, the magistrate. A mention of a Batman uh, makes Nightwing like look sentimental for a moment. A quick shower scene for the ladies or some of the guys, I don't judge. Equipped with a flashback <laughs> right? with Bruce about Dick's parents dying. Uh, oh, the day that Dick's parents died and uh, Bruce Wayne's trying to console him because he's, he's been there. Uh, right. Dick's not, Dick's not alone. He tries to defend himself. Uh, but you can only fight so well when in a towel, it never works out. And uh, someone dressed as Batman stands above him. And I gotta say, immediately, I'm absolutely digging the new towel. Uh, and off at the cut and everything like that. Uh, no lips. No lips. You, have no to, you don't have lips. to worry, you don't have to mask worry about le- mask lips. They heard you. See, they're correcting it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Well, have no fear. The, the first ward of the demented pervert known as Bruce Wayne. Has a plan Jesus. for everything 12 <laughs> steps uh, twelve steps further than you even had worked out in your plan. He zaps him via the, uh, voice commands. So, Hail 9000 ends up being able to take a victory over Batman. Uh, <laughs> Hail 9000. He's got a plan for stuff 12 steps down the road from where you're at. Zaps him, got the new Batman tied up to a chair uh, with quickness, and he, now he makes the, the habit of changing to the Nightwing outfit because he doesn't want to be standing there in his towel. 
Uh, he ends up getting the information of Sarah Dowell is being reasoned why the new Batman's here. Ten-year-old girl who snatched off the streets and sold into human trafficking. Well, the proximity alarm goes off, and Batman escapes just in the nick of time from the chair. Batman even makes a comment saying, taking taking you long enough. Or you did it quicker than <laughs> anticipated. Well, if the guy is claiming to be Batman, he needs to be good at that kind of stuff. He said people call him Batman, but I mean, it, I mean that's no defense when you dress like Batman. Yeah, true. Yeah. Somehow, uh, they make a mention from the first attack that Nightwing went to go defend that couple that ended up being uh, the person with uh, the man with augmented powers and the lady with Blade. Uh, he got shot somehow. Like, it would be off screen if it was on TV. And uh, the bullet that he had apparently has some nano trackers on it that's better than his computers can find, and he can't get it out. It's all in his system. So he decided since he's done playing cat and mouse, and uh, it's time for war. I uh, gotta say, I absolutely love the story. Some small plot holes, like the gunshot, definitely. But the art was blah at best. Uh, there's there's some scenes that are doing good, but for the most part, with better art, I would have scored it a lot higher. I'm only able to give this six and one quarter new Batman cowls out of ten. <laughs> new Batman cowls. All right. I like the scoring system you got. Reed, what's up? What did you think? Uh, this was a tough one. This was a tough one for me. I... There, there were moments that I was really vibing with this. There were moments that I was, like, connecting. And then there were large portions where I was just kind of, like, skimming. I kept having to go back because I was, like, getting bored. The whole interaction with, like, the couple and the setup, I feel like that's, I mean, like, that's, like, half of the book. The the ending, the, the end and the interaction with uh, new They Call Me Batman, um, that I think that's pretty great. That that stuff was fun. The Arkham stuff was fun. The earlier half was eh, I don't know. I, I was a little bored. Um it wasn't really jumping it wasn't really jumping out to me and grabbing me. Um but the the interaction with the new Batman I think is great. Their chemistry is wonderful because there's a new guy and he's Batman. Like excuse right. me. Excuse what? me. I'm what? I'm Robin number one, bro. I was doing all that crazy stuff with big pennies and shit. Like don't don't step right. to me. You're not you ain't he's no like, fucking what's Batman. up with the mask lips? <laughs> right, yeah. See, like, why you ain't got no lips? You're too you afraid. No lips, man. Sometimes Batman, Batman has lips. <laughs> I like. It. I, I I do like that new cowl. I do. Too. Um, I I think, like you said, that this one's got a lot of potential, but it just doesn't. It's a great idea on paper. I I like the transition to a darker uh, Dick Grayson. Um, and I'm excited to get there. And I hope that I, as with all these, I wish we would have just got here naturally in the course of the story. Uh, this one's just a comic book for me. Six out of ten. <sighs> oh my god. Okay, so I am way on the other end of this scale for from you guys. Thought so. Nightwing Robot. is leading a modified Bat family, and Batman is asking to be a member. Dude, that's awesome. And okay, that idea is awesome. They didn't execute that they, idea. Well, they that's kind not... of did. They they brought that in, so we'll see that. The ending we'll is see cool. that end... coming up. But that's only like what. That's like four pages, like not even. That's I like three it. pages is like there, there, the best. Part. I, sorry, I sorry, thought sorry. that the art was phenomenal. I loved it. I thought it, it was perfect, not just for the story, but I mean for a Nightwing book, I thought it was great. I will agree with Reed and say that the the part with the couple took too long to get through. Um, that 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 whole thing could have played out in a couple of pages. It didn't need to span out as long mm-hmm. as it did. 
and we could have got the same effect with a little bit more beefiness behind the other parts of the story you know without even adding anything to it just could have fleshed out some more stuff so i'll 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 give you that um but i'm completely into it man and i think i love the way that the next batman is voiced here obviously this is jace slash tim fox uh they leaked that beforehand before any kind of identity reveal in comic that we will be reviewing later on i gave this an 8.5 out of 10 man mm. i i loved I, I can, you it know. so much i it was a page turner for me i didn't get bored at all i was like flip 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 uh it was, it was it was real good concepts. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, apparently, that's not for everybody. Well, I tell you what, this is the first time I've ever thought this. But while I was while we've been talking about this, I'm wishing that they would have split this one and given me a num- another Bat family member. Okay, and, and okay, and or like a Robin I, that would have been cool. We to just see. had Eternal Robin last week. Well, we yeah, but I, um, I mean, Red and we did. But that's what this feels like. This feels like it should have been a half story, and to stretch it, they put stuff at the beginning with the the, the magistrate stuff. I'm open the magistrate. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that too. I'm pro empire. I still can't get behind the magistrate. <laughs> They're playing my music. Hold on. <laughs> All right, several years further down the road in the event timeline, we get to explore the state of Selena Kyle's future in Future State Catwoman number one. Priced at $3.99, written by Ram D with art by Otto Schmidt, letters by Tom Napolitano, and the cover by Liam Sharp, Catwoman's story is set after the events of Dark Detective, and things look no better for Gotham. In fact, the magistrate is rounding people up on trains, concentration camp style, and taking them to reformation centers. Actively acting out against the magistrate's interest in this one is, of course, Catwoman, in a brand new magnet suit joined by her strays army. Her new protege Cheshire Cat, who happens to be Sheaves and is one of the original strays introduced in V's regular Catwoman run, and the rest act like a more fluid version of the Bat Family under Selina's direction. The plot this time? They're going to steal a train that's transporting those previously mentioned poor souls on their way to reformation. With Onomatopoeia, a character who only speaks in sounds, and he was invented by Kevin Smith, and I absolutely love this guy. He made a surprise appearance here as the first among the rescued, and then we're led to one more surprise. Bruce is also a prisoner. So Selina is running her version of what Bruce has always wanted for his adopted family, and she seems to be doing it better than he ever did. Thank goodness for that, because it looks like he needs her. This feels like a full-on hero Catwoman, or as close as Selina can get to it anyway. Catwoman, when she is written by Ram V, is a chef's kiss. Schmidt's art works well with the story, and it feels as though I'm seeing exactly what was in V's mind when he wrote this. I hope to see more from this creative team because they are some very capable hands i want to see them create a whole lot more take on a couple other characters my final score for this one is a 9.25 out of 10 reed what did you think about catwoman yeah this baby's a knockout this is this is a real stunner um i i didn't i didn't know that ram v i should have assumed that he was writing the future state catwoman but i didn't realize that when i was started flipping through mm-hmm. and at first i was the the order I read these um kind of maybe affected my judgment a little bit. I read the Nightwing one last, and there's a couple here that uh, um are in the Magistrate verse, uh, and 
I kind of got a little bit of fatigue with that, but this story here is uh, more disconnected from that, and I, I don't know. There, there's nothing to complain about here. The art is great. The panel design, the overall layout of the pages, uh, is really exciting. It's just the kind of art I I enjoy. Is very um, the whole thing is action packed. We've got like all of these. Catwoman, the, these more recent Catwomans, they all kind of play out like a heist movie. Every issue is just very kinetic. It's always moving. Stuff's always happening. I love the Strays army, and I'm a big fan of Cheshire. Uh, so this is this is a really exciting one for me. It's a 8.75 out of 10. Yeah, see, I'm a big fan of Cheshire too, but I'm, I, I, it took me a second to realize this is not normal Cheshire. This isn't the ninja Cheshire. This is a whole new cheshire cat that that uh is shoes who also isn't a real name obviously but that's uh, she was one of the very uh first i think what was there like three or four maybe five strays that started out with catwoman um Mm -hmm. yeah just just barely a handful and she was one of the original ones and it seems as though she's become you know her sidekick uh certainly her second in command for sure this whole time leading up to Future State, I've constantly been bringing up the idea of Harley Quinn leading a team of young people, and right, I I was and I was looking right at a a gift horse, you know, in the mouth and completely mm-hmm. not seeing it whatsoever. Catwoman leading the Strays. This is the Bat Family done right, man, and I dig it. Yeah, holy crap. I mean, I, <laughs> that's all I can say. It's not something that jumps out to you because Selena always kind of works alone or pre- kind of prefers to work alone. Right, and when she teams up, it usually doesn't work out so well. Right, but you can always kind of see that empathy um, in that kind of humanizing notes in her character as the way she actually cares for, like, actual cats in a lot of versions of right, the character. Right, right. And I think the, the Strays is another extension of that that kind of personality and i think it works so well um just like these like kids in her neighborhood that she's kind of taken under her wing and basically at this point seems like started uh kind of a revolution right um it's great I- i'm i'm loving this design jared where were you at with catwoman okay i uh absolutely love the way that it was done there was quite a bit of dialogue bubbles anytime at the beginning and you know, they went away one of the time that pullman bridge scene and then but they ended up coming back but it's also the beginning parts of the story, so they got to catch us up and let us know the, the psychology of each person changes a little bit because everyone's mentality is they, they attack the dialogue bubbles, do come back, but it does have great action. Uh, it seems extremely balanced. It, it draws the story forward. It gives you pretty. This is how Bendis needs to learn how to do this, where the dialogue <laughs> buttons actually have a benefit and they don't just or remember how. He was. He was. He was. He used to be like I. I. I'm a. I'm a no. I'm a defender. I'm a kind of a bendis stand. But like the man, he has. He has a style, and it works in certain situations. But he kind of wields it like a hammer now. Regardless of how you feel about the guy, even I'm. You know, I'm. I'm obviously not a DC bendis fan. But yeah, if you go back and read, <laughs> if you go back and read Miles Morales, uh, when he, you know, when when he was at the helm there, that was that was really good. It, his writing style fit that character perfectly. That said, he he hasn't really fit any character at all since taking up the helm for DC, in my opinion. Create somebody Reed's, that Reed, Reed feels differently, and, you know, everybody does, but... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we'll get to that. I, I love that big reveal that it's Talia or Talia. That she finds Bruce inside the incubation chamber or the little vat or whatever the heck that is. Uh, yeah, the solitary state. prison on the tra- on the train. Yeah, the stasis chamber or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Well, I I love absolutely love the art. The flow of the story was great. Bravo to whoever whoever uh, came up with the storyboard and they inked it and everything. I'm gonna have to give this seven point seven five cat whips out of ten. Rare. Rare. Whip kapow. Indeed. <laughs> Automatopia. <laughs> and Catwoman stepping up and being a hero, finally. I have been looking forward to this for a very long time. I thought we were heading that way. It felt like we were heading that way. And damn it, we are here. Now, let's get into the one hero that the hands themselves, the hands of creation, chose as the perfect representation of all things hero. Wonder Woman. Coming in at 599 Future State Immortal Wonder Woman number 1 has two stories this week. First, the title story featuring Diana, and an equally long story featuring the return of Nubia in a brand new story. With a cover from Jen Bartel, who I cannot say that I am familiar with, but man, I hope I get the chance to be. She's um she's done she's done a bunch of covers before, but this is her first, I believe, the, her first time helming a, a full issue. And, oh my goodness. Wow. And you, and you can see why she's done covers before because, it's yeah, that's a great stellar cover. work, man. The rest of the talent we will cover individually. First up is Immortal Wonder Woman, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art again by Jen Bartel and letters by Pat Brazo. Tell us about Diana's story, Reed. Absolutely. Um, this is we, we're getting a Wonder Woman story with the OG Diana Prince. Here she is. Um, at yes, the end of t- yeah, at the end of time, this one I don't know. Uh, we we start off the first tale. It's impossibly the long ago in the distant future. In the distant future, impossibly yeah. long ago in the distant future. Yeah, it's some more. It's some Star Wars kind of time logic there. <laughs> we start off the first story with uh, Diana, the OG Wonder Woman, impossibly long ago in the distant future. Um, but we're in a familiar place. So, yeah, impossibly long ago, distant future, crazy stuff. Who knows what that means? I'm guessing we're at the end of time. I'm assuming that's, that's what it's supposed to basically hint us at. We're supposed to use common sense to say this is a place where time doesn't even matter. You know, exactly. you're kind of outside of it. Right, right. Um, And we have, you know, as as titled, Immortal Wonder Woman. She's got a new look, which I'm digging. There's a couple of moments where there's these great poses, and they're like, oh, sh- that's a cover. That's a cover there. <laughs> And we get a couple of those moments. And Wonder Woman wanders around a corporally empty Batcave, um, searching for a memento of her past to help her face her future. And what she's looking for is Batman's utility belt. And what she finds is Batman's ghost. Uh, and he ca- he gives her a little pep talk and says that all of the heroes you know, were willing to die to save people, but Wonder Woman is the hero that uh, gave people a reason to live um, and with that kind of batman pep talk uh she uh is full of confidence and courage and, and heads off to find uh to, to excuse me to face the future uh, and the future it seems is the undoing some sort of uh cosmological benevolent force that is swallowing up whole planets and even it seems apocalypse is not immune 
uh, as the undoing undoes Apocalypse itself. And Darkseid has a great moment when he says, like, the name isn't only, like, thematic or something like that. <laughs> He's like, they're, they're his his children, I guess, are those his kids? Those, uh, those like, fools that are hanging out with um, him? I, I mean, in a way, Darkseid doesn't so much. I mean, he does have actual children, but he kind of more or less steals people and makes them his kids. Like it's right, yeah. Him well, and Thanos, like they can kill all the It's old vibe. England tradition, you know. They they they'd swap like when the peace was needed to be made between two different two different worlds. Like look at uh, All Father and uh, and Dark Side. They swap children. I, I, that's yeah. how Dark Side ended right, up getting right. a some of their some people that uh, he was conquering under one of their people under control to have them go evil and say, so, okay, I give you one of my children, and well, well they're already evil. Going forth, world. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool stuff. Um, but yeah, we get a couple of moments on Apocalypse, and then Apocalypse pieces out. He's like, "Hey, this undoing sucks. I'm out. I'm gonna go to Earth and check what they're doing." Um, right. <laughs> and on and on Earth, Wonder Woman goes to the remaining Amazons and kind of and Swamp Thing, uh, who's there, uh, trying to keep the green alive. And she's trying to get everyone to leave because Earth is, uh, for whatever reason, basically dead. Uh, but the Amazons won't leave. They're they're going to stick it out, and they're going to fight until the bitter end. They want to go down fighting. Uh, and they get their chance as Darkseid arrives after looking <coughs> up on Superman uh, and nukes them all with some eye lasers. Um, and, yeah, it's basically it looks like uh, he arrives just ahead of the undoing to get a little undoing done before the undoing is done. Um, and we'll <laughs> That's a lot of doing. have to wait and to see until next time if this is the end. All right. What did you think, Jared? Well, I think the cover was absolutely breathtaking. The way that the she that Wonder Woman yeah. has the the belt, ba- the belt, that belt, that, that, mm-hmm. uh, hang out, <laughs> belt. drawn beautifully. Uh, I have to say honestly, the art in this issue is is the best that I've seen in the Future State so far. Um. It's it's pretty darn good. I love the fact that they gave Superman a dad bod. That just now he's the older. Oh, he looks hell cool yeah. as hell. He looks I rock cool that as dad hell. bod. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I mean, you got to give Superman it to Santa. He he knows going into it, he's going to lose, but he does not stop. He doesn't stop when he's held up by his throat. I mean, death for didn't me, stop him. You think getting you know, from Doomsday? You think getting choked's gonna stop him? Maybe he's into that. From, yeah, right. <laughs> he's friends with a woman who's associated with dominatrix diana so that's true uh, to me this kind of felt like at least the first half it kind of felt like it was both a story about diana at the end of time and a story about dark side it, i it i was mm-hmm. i was getting like dual story vibes going on here um and uh, that dark side basking in the anti-life equation is is a serious character. He's 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 not one to mess with. That's for sure. Well, I think um, it actually shows the, the the power level that this Wonder Woman is on. Is the reason why her story incorporates dark side equally well. I yeah. It's it's uh, the ultimate as we're being told the ultimate good versus evil. In, in the DC universe, you know, I mean, Darkseid has always been that. Yes, there's been the Batman who laughs and, you know, various other characters that we've seen lately. But long haul, Darkseid's always been bad guy number one, no matter what. You know, 
and it's fitting to see that. I wanted to see more of the Bruce Green Lantern Swamp Thing connection. I guess we'll see, hopefully, some more of that in the next one. Next up is Nubia, written by L.L. McKinney. Next up is Nubia, written by L.L. McKinney, with art by Alita Martinez, Mark Morales, and Amelia Lopez, with Becky Carey on letters. Nubia's story begins where that of the Amazons leave off. That's right, Nubia is a rogue Amazon. Themyscira and her Amazons have withdrawn from the world, and though it's not covered in the story, we know that Diana is elsewhere. The world of man still needs a Wonder Woman, though. And rather than get drafted, Nubia stands up and takes on that role. This is a Wonder Woman who is a little rough around the edges, but that's nothing compared to her Aunt Nancy. After a battle with Grail at a museum ends with mysterious visions and an as-yet-unexplained force field around Nubia, the relic that caused the visions is stolen. Nubia turns to Aunt Nancy for answers, and it turns out that the relic that was stolen is one of nine pieces of a mystical master key that essentially grants the ability to do anything. Aunt Nancy says that the ninth and final piece to be stolen is safe, and that's when Nubia is transported out of her aunt's office to somewhere unknown. I am super curious to see what happens here, uh, because this is a Wonder Woman that I love seeing. It's, it's been a while since I've seen her in a, in, in a real main book, uh, there's a lot of fanfic yeah. out there that's pretty good, uh, but this, it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, give me more Grail. Give me a lot more Aunt Nancy. <laughs> Hell I yes. only wish that the art was a little less animated and a little bit more realistically detailed. It would have blown this entire book out of the water. This would have been something you, you, you got screen caps of and, and frames, man. Because the story, the stories <laughs> out of there, it's just the art. It, it just wasn't quite there for me. Um, overall, I gave this one an eight point two five out of ten. Where were you guys? I absolutely loved the art. Uh, it was phenomenal from cover to cover. It's as I said, it's one of the best in Future State, and I, I have to give this. I, I love the. Uh, I love that version of uh, Wonder Woman. Drawn good. It gives so much, so much opening. Uh, for future development, uh, I have to say, gorgeous. I'm gonna give it an eight and one quarter less as a truth out of ten. Yeah, I definitely. I know that we're getting more Yara Floor. I believe Yara Floor is getting her own TV show, and of course, it, with that will come comic books. I hope that we get at least uh, Nubia in print because this is a really good character. Reed, what did you think about it? Well, okay. So here's 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 the thing. I'm actually, I'm actually, as you guys were talking, I was pulling up my review on the website to upgrade. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling, I'm pulling an Anthony. I'm upgrading my score <laughs> as we're sitting here talking about it because I need to change it. I put on the site seven point two five, but I think eight point two five is more justified. And interestingly enough, I am actually disagreeing with you guys, and I think the art is great in this book and, and is held back. But opposite, I really loved. Um, I think the art in the, the first part of the book, in in the Diana story, was phenomenal for what that story was. I guess I'm I'm I was asking for better art, not better, because this this was good for what it, for the style that it was. But I was asking for a mm -hmm. different style of art in the Nubia story. Sorry, see, sorry I to see. interrupt. You. And I, I I totally I'm I'm with you. I can see where you're coming from with that certainly. But um, so with the first half. I, I thought this the story has some interesting beats and again I 
this is like the the denouement. This is the final moments of this story, but I didn't get any of the story leading up to this. I, I don't know what happened to all the Amazons. I don't know what happened to the world. So my investment is, is can be only so you're asking a lot of your reader to fill in gaps and i understand comic books i don't mind reading comic books out of continuity i'll just pick up a random issue and i can find things to like and, and that doesn't bother me i'll watch tv episodes out of order i don't care that, that that's not how i you feel. know that, that that's not a, I yeah that that's not an issue <laughs> that, that's not an issue for me um but in this instance you're asking me to imbue a lot because okay it's wonder woman and superman at the end of time and okay there's that's a that's a base investment but it's kind of putting a lot on me um that being said i enjoyed the art there are a couple of moments and panels that really really sing but for some reason in like in moments where there wasn't a lot of light i found the art to be very flat but in uh-huh. like the daylight and the sunlight there's like flowers in the background those moments are beautiful they really are. i just and and the action scenes are great. Um, I, I feel like Apocalypse was a little lumpy. That stuff kind of held it down for me. The second half, I loved. I I want more Nubia stuff. I'm into both Nubia and Yara. I think for basically the same reason that these it introduces these whole new pantheons of of mytho, uh, of mythology, exactly. which is something that I'm interested in generally. And we got Ananansi, and we've got you know. The Amazons, they they were you know with Kuat and the the, the moon gods and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, this is exciting. I I'm I'm pumped to see where this is all going. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. I'm I'm ex- I, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm with you guys. Nubia, stand for Nubia. All right, guys, we've got two titles left: the next Batman and Superman World at War, and we are going to get to them right after this break. Stick around. Back in two and two. And we're back, getting straight back to the books. Our first issue is Future State, the next Batman number two. Priced at $7.99, the book features three stories this week, the next Batman part two and parts one of Batgirls and Gotham City Sirens. The cover was again brought to us by Ladron, and I hope I'm saying their name right because they're doing wonderful work. The rest of the talent will be introduced per story, and the first one is Future State, the next Batman. Written by John Ridley, with art by Laura Braga, Arif Brianto, and Nick Darrington, with letters by Clayton Cowell. Even though the mystery slipped via solicitation, like I mentioned earlier, from DC earlier this week, we're giving confirmation that the next Batman is indeed Tim Fox, now going by Jace, as we saw in the previous issue. And Jace is a completely different Batman. He is very critical of himself. He sees his fights here as something he barely makes it through, but the people left behind on the other side of the fight kind of see things a little differently. They're confused, too, because they can't trace him. They know he's Batman, but Batman's not using tech. So, is it really Batman? There's a lot of, there's a lot of doubt in the air in the Magistrate right now as far as Batman is concerned. So he's nearly invisible to the magistrate, and that is how he is operating. He's even using random burner phones to communicate with his teammate that is so far only identified as Ball, and that's pretty much all the tech that Batman puts to use. Well, that and the compression of his suit, which minimizes blood loss from gunshots, which Batman does take one of here, he's looking into a case that has a twist of its own when the whole squad from the magistrate shows up. 
Jace Fox, again, formerly Tim, now Jace, and also Batman, is a refreshing take on the character. Sharing traits like design, drive, and title with the original character lets us have a little fun with this one, I think. Most things between Jace and Bruce are very different, but it's not the difference that makes this so good, at least not to me. It's the character of, of the new Batman. It's, it's Jace Fox as Batman. I really like the way he's voiced here. Uh, it feels authentic, if that's not too odd or weird to say. And the art is great, the character is great, the story is great, and I am glad to hear that we will be getting more from John Ridley on the next Batman following Future State. What did you guys think of this one? I like this guy. It's the Batman who cusses. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a couple of moments where Batman does a cuss, uh, both in in his head and out loud, and I think it's great. Because he, he rolled up on a moment, and he just said, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, I thought that it was, was great. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> it was absolutely Yeah, um, he's hanging out by the seat of his pants. Uh, it, it's a different take on Batman, and it, it, it's a cool direction. And this is – I feel like this is the direction that DC was going with uh, Batman in general by taking away all of his money and all of his tech and making him less godlike. Mm -hmm. And that's when Batman is interesting. It's like Spider-Man when he's just like hanging on by the seat of his pants, just doing the best he can. That's when it's compelling. That's when it's human. Right. And putting this new character into the, the driver's seat of Batman, I think, is great. Uh, the new design is cool. The lowered stakes, I think, is just what the character needs uh, overall to kind of build back up. We need this kind of uh, soft reset or relaunch of Batman. Um, I, I'm having a great time with uh, this, this next Batman. Me too, Jared. What did you think? Well... Uh, I see I see slight difference in some of the thing. I think it's uh same shit, different package. Uh, the new Batman's still a dick. <laughs> I do love the new cowl, and I do love the fact that he pulls out the the cuss words from the utility belt, something that Bruce was always a little shy of. But uh, <laughs> you go into it, he, he there's a couple of lead chases, and a couple kill the man that they killed responsible for their daughters no longer being with them, and. He's being a dick. I'm sorry in that situation. All right, you're free to go. I use the expression. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like he's very okay. So he's not I happy get what you're saying. It. He's not happy about it, and it, it doesn't seem like he's 100 percent sold on what he's going to do here. He's saying that it doesn't make you any better. We don't see what his final decision is going to be because that's when Pop, a whole army of magistrate people, show up and robots and. That's the reason why I use the expression. Man, screw those robots. They blamed their for their daughter no longer being with them. They said that their daughter had to be dead, but they never said that they knew for a fact. And this is DC Comics, so you know that you know yeah. five years from now they'll say, "Well, when Batman first came out, and you seen this panel right here, uh, her, their daughter didn't die. It turns out she's really you know DG health person. Sweet, that's, that's and great. There's no problem with that. I'm cool with that. Whatever, man." Well, it's either that or anti. That's, how we, get, like that's how we get new characters. Ooh, a second Red Hood. There you go. You got a writer sitting in a room like, hey, we need a new title. A female sidekick named the Purple Veil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then next up, we're going to take a look at Batgirls, written by Vida Ayala, with art by Aniki and Trish Mulvahill, and letters by Becca Carey. Jared, take us through Batgirls. It opens up at the Magistrate Detention Center, which is basically a Gotham Blackgate. Cass is paraded in in front of mass villains and heroes alike that are kept behind glass walls to keep them contained. Gets thrown in a, in a cell, like a two-person pod with a uh, white hat. Spoiler. 
now it's mm-hmm. it's great. They get they get in a little scuffle and the spit says, I can multitask when she's taking on spoiler. That right there is yeah. confidence right there. Because she knows who she is. Right, but obviously there is some bad blood between these two. Oh yeah. Spoiler has gone turncoat. Or so it seems. <laughs> allegedly. Well, the two of them end up getting into a fight, as I said, and they get thrown into solitary confinement. But that ends up being part of the plan. Spoiler, could tell the cast was wanting to get into the solitaire. So she went on a Nightwing-approved mission to get to break bad and try to uh, get close to the criminals and find where Oracle, uh, who was once Batgirl, and, and rescue her. And she ended up getting caught beforehand, so she's, ended up being, she's detained uh, for being a mask. And... The Bat Family has a thing. Once a Bat Girl, always a Bat Girl. And Indeed. I'm I'm loving the art. I'm loving the art so far. And then uh, they show that Barbara is being held a couple of cells below uh, the solitary confinement cells. She looks like she's plugged into the Matrix. So I don't know if Morpheus or Neo is going to save her. Uh, right. <laughs> right at the end of it, uh, Stephanie. Probably Trinity. Right. It's more there you go. <laughs> uh, I believe I can say them. Uh, Stephanie calls. <laughs> Stephanie's wearing many titles today. Stephanie, uh, former Robin, spoiler, white hat. She calls in all of her favors to the heroes, villains, everybody that she's ever, like, hey, I looked the other way when you did this. Uh, remember that one you owe me to, you know, Garth, Zat, you know, everybody. And, and she's obviously built a reputation in this entire time where everyone has thought that she has gone to the dark side so to speak yes so i mean she she's done things i mean it it even goes so far as to say so in the book you know she's done things she's she's done things that she never thought she ever thought she could possibly do well you gotta keep up with the track yeah you gotta keep up with the fandom boo show us show us it don't tell us this is only issue one right of two. Of two. That does, yeah, it doesn't mean the next one's not going to be full of flashbacks. Who knows? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Stephanie calls in all the favors from the heroes and the villains to distract the guards and start a riot, and that's where it leaves it. What did you think of Batgirls? Yeah, no, it's got a, it's got a great style. I think that, I mean, that, that's something to, that, that's what speaks most for this. I think the idea is pretty intriguing, but, yeah, again, I mean, for being only a couple of pages, I felt like it was a little too long. Uh, this one didn't. This one didn't. Not grab for me. you, huh? All right. Well, tell us what you thought about Gotham City Sirens, then. Gotham City Sirens. Okay. Well, yeah. There's not much to say about this one. I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of panels, and there's certainly a lot of drawings, and a lot of things definitely for sure happen, but they really don't anything happen at all. None of them. Um, <laughs> this is a little diversionary tale about and featuring uh, a couple of the rogues gallery, as it were. We got Catwoman, we've got uh, Poison Ivy, and what I'm guessing to be a new character, yes. uh, Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Dem- what is it? Domestic Droid. Domestic Droid Prime. <laughs> DDP. They call her at one point, <laughs> which I thought was cool. <laughs> but she's told she's special. Yeah. Shout so, out to the wrestling um, fans out there. Right, yes, and she she is a droid that uh, is being you know kind of groomed to be different, uh, Dee Dee, uh, and, and she has the, emotion, uh, you know. Yes, 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 yes. She she's programmed to try to emulate more of you know humanity as opposed to just being like a kind of a a, a robot, as it were. Um, but um, apparently Poison Ivy and Catwoman have pledged to take her on a night on the town. They do they do some crime stuff. A little repelling, and then Selena intervenes in a magistrate beating, 
Um, so we get a little action. Um, and then also Dee Dee in, involves and has like some weird red ropes come out of her arm. And she said, I did not know I had that in me. <laughs> those, if anybody out there is playing Cyberpunk 2077, those reminded me of the mono wires that you can get. Just saying. <laughs> oh, shit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, dude, that's cool. I'm in, that's very fun. Um, So yeah, they have a little fight scene and it's kind of cute. And then they go to another bar and it's like a. It's like a, a mass a, a super villain speakeasy, and it actually you can see on the wall it says speakeasy in like Cyrillic letters, which is come on, I, I that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so they have they throw back a couple of drinks with who's that Sam Slam, Slam Bradley. Bradley? He is a very old pre Batman Detective Comics character who is a very 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 bad person. He was a hero at the time, but he was not a good one. And, I mean, he was known for being uh, a, a womanizer, an abuser. Uh, I mean, he was very, very anti-everything. <laughs> he was yeah, a product of the times. Porn star. Yeah, uh, he, he was a product of the times, obviously. And we've seen him make casual pop-up appearances here and there. And I think... We we see him here like uh, flat out saying he he wants to make amends for you know previous behavior. Mm-hmm. It reminds that's me of the cool. he's a club owner now, where he's right, a hero right. but he's mm-hmm. not he doesn't have the hero mentality. Yeah no yeah yeah he's a, ba- he's a bad guy that does bad guy stuff for good reasons. There you go. Um, it, then we get so we have a little dance number here. We get a little flashback of them finding uh, Dee Dee and kind of liberating her. Uh, and, and you know it's it's it, it, we have a couple of other moments and a dance and a dance and then whoops it up some magistrates here and they shoot everybody, uh, shoot and slam slam up and then also Selena gets hit. Um, this one, I I kind of I really I'm torn because I liked the art style, mm-hmm. but I I wasn't in love with a lot of the character designs. I especially did you guys feel at all that Catwoman was designed after the Halle Berry Catwoman? I, I yes. got that feeling that 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 barely there top. It just it I don't know. It does it do, it definitely doesn't seem Catwoman esque. Um, you know, compared it, to like it, the it, magnetic it, suit that know. we got in the other story or the things that we've seen her typically wear, she looks like a Rose. '90s hip hop star. That's what yeah, she's dressed she like. She looks like she's in baggy cargo pants. She looks and... like she's in Veruca Salt yeah. over here. She's got rose-colored round glasses. She's wearing a long leather sleeves with the gloves, you know, because like the the knives. But it's like a halter top, but also cut so there's cleavage as well. It, it looks it looks wacky. But then combat boots and like cargo pants. What the, sound, what are we doing? Uh, what are we I doing? Here, guys? Like just, future. What future I is this? I feel like she's about to break out and do some Aaliyah songs on karaoke. Maybe. I was thinking there we, we should just super. Well, she got shot, so we don't. We'll never pose and start playing "Pour Some Sugar on Me." <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides besides all that, I still enjoyed it. I thought she, I thought that was a bad design. It was poison Ivy, I thought. What did you cool. What did you think of and this and everything else all wrapped up together? Hey. The whole shebang. Yeah, the whole shebang. Um, I don't know. This was this one was kind of a miss for me overall. Um, out of all of these, uh, come kind of omnibus ones, the three. Out of all of the ones that have three issues in it, like this one seems the weakest okay. to me. None of normally at least one of the stories is like woo, but none of them really hit for me. Um, this is not really even a comic book for me. It's five point five. Five point five. 
Yeah, not I wasn't. I wasn't even sold. Even a comic book. That. Well, I mean, it is, <laughs> but it's not for sure. Yeah, you know what you mean. Jared, where were you at with with uh, Gotham City Sirens and the book as a whole? The art just got. It felt like it got lazy. Uh, there's a couple different times where Ivy's eyebrows and Dee Dee's eyes and Ivy's eyes got drawn over her hair. I know it's supposed to symbolize. Well, you can see their eye through their hair. Well, no, you see through the strains of the hair. You don't see it through it. They're not incandescent. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of eyebrows right. over the. There's some eyebrows that you can see through the hair too. I it's, get it. It's like bat lips. Come on. Come on. They, they okay, so maybe they put those bangs there and hairsprayed the living daylights out of it, and then drew with <laughs> eyeliner the missing parts. No, <laughs> no. Come on now, I refuse. I refuse. It's comic books, guys. Anything is possible. I mean, yeah. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> what did you give it, Jared? The the whole thing as a as a whole. I was really, uh, I was really digging the art up until the siren story, and that was just complete garbage to me. Overall, oh. between the next Batman, Batgirls, and Sirens, um, I'm gonna have to say they moved the story along nicely throughout. I'm gonna have to give a seven point five spoiler favorites cashed in out of ten. <laughs> well, for me, man, uh, the next Batman and Batgirls were both spectacular stories. I loved both of them. Spoiler playing a double agent is not out of character for her. Spoiler doing whatever is necessary, no matter what the cost. That is all spoiler. And of course, Cassie kicking or trying to kick her ass the moment she sees them because of betrayal. That is total cast. I love the Batgirls. I love how they were put there. The next Batman I thought was great. The Sirens, I they were good. The art was okay. The story was okay. Um, not necessary, not needed, and I feel like we could have got more story out of the other two if we would have just dropped this. Catwoman is in a to is is in another story already. We don't need that. And Poison Ivy either doesn't need to be in a book or should have appeared in a different story because this just ultimately wasn't needed. So it kind of dragged it down for me, but not too much. Um. The general direction of everything and the way they've woven this web within Gotham has me so intrigued that I'm pretty much all in. And even with the encroaching magistrate fatigue, I'm I'm cool with it. The art is done well, stylized, and tailored individually to each story. I was impressed overall. 8.25 out of 10. It seems as though it's a whole new world in Gotham, though it hasn't left the planet. We are, though, leaving the planet, that is. As we get into the final book of the episode, Future State Superman Worlds at War number 1, with a price of $7.99 and a beautiful cover from Nico Yanan. The other talents will be listed individually. This issue has four stories inside. The Many Lives of Clark Kent Part 1, Mr. Miracle Part 3, Midnighter Part 1, and The Black Racer. And just for clarification, I did not list the Mr. Miracle story incorrectly. This is part three. We get part two next week. Don't ask me why. Comic books. <laughs> why? No, I need to know why. I wish I could tell you. Man. Because comic First books. up, we have okay. The Many Lives of Clark Kent, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Nico Yannon and Jordi Belair, and letters from Dave Sharp. Jared's going to talk to us about The Many Lives of Clark Kent. I'll absolutely love the character going into the thing, but uh, 
After the attack of the giant dialogue boxes, the story opens up on a young African-American <laughs> woman uh, walking down the street, being peddled a whole bunch of crap. Everyone's seemingly revering Superman as the Messiah, but the young woman isn't interested in any of it. Uh, she continues to go on through the city and she ends up to go down to where a cornfield that kind of reminded me it had a very Smallville-esque vibe to it where they have a monument erected for Superman, but they recognize him as Clark Kent on it. The people that are at the monument end up, uh, are gathered there sharing, t- sharing tales of how Superman or the Man of Steel, Man of Tomorrow, dang, he's got a, you know, he's got a lot of nicknames, saved their lives <laughs> yes, individually. And then not just uh, saving the world as a whole through different events, but how they, you know, he saved me. Out of, of all the people that are there, he saved me from this oncoming monster. No, he saved me from this car, you know, this bomb going, oh, I say hero worship. And then a hippie speculates that he's dead. Uh, they they talk about, well, he's got to be dead because look what John did, did bottling up Metropolis. He did nothing to stop it. That's proof that Superman has to be dead. He didn't stop his son from doing what supposedly, you know, happened to one of the cities where he's from. Or and, what, you know. Brainiac has tried to do on Superman's watch plenty of times. Yeah, and they start bringing up bad Kryptonians, and just because we think that uh, Kara and Clark are good people doesn't mean all Kryptonians are good, which is a valid point, which my man, Mr. Luthor, always wants to say. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, guys. Yeah, guys, not just a Joker fan, but also a Lex Luthor advocate as well. It's not an advocate. I'm acknowledging the fact that he is the greatest humanitarian of our day and age. It's a good character. Good character. <laughs> you guys, all right. I'm a fan of villains. I'm I'm always disappointed in the at the point in the movie where it's like futile and the villain is like losing. I'm like. Come on, just let them I would love to be able guys, to see. We are totally going to have a Patreon episode soon about this. I definitely would enjoy seeing Luther finally becoming a villain. It'd be great. First time in history. <laughs> well, the young lady stands up and asks, "Where's everyone's hope?" Because everyone's talk, everyone's now has the mindset of, "Well, he's dead." They just seem to have given up hope. So she asks, and she just starts walking away. And then someone says, "Wait, when and how does Superman save you?" And her response, stuck to the heart, she says, "He didn't. Clark Kent did." The section ends with Superman fighting on Warworld, uh, dressed in a Xena the Princess, the Warrior Princess type outfit. Uh, he's, uh, like yeah, the he's got some chains like and tight. some oh, underwear. Oh, he's the Gimp on. from That's Pulp Fiction, it. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's got, look at that. He's got chains. He's got a metal emblem. He's He's got bare chested, but he's got out of metal a piece of armor that looks like his yep. emblem with nothing it, on it. It's it dope as hell. Strapped the the how do you say that? He has strapped the symbol of the House of L to his chest and put a cape on. It might not be his his normal stuff, but it's it's he's there full Hercules style, underwear and boots. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a Trojan kind of super, uh, not Trojan, super gladiator. Me, okay, yeah, like a Spartan. Yeah. Are you not like entertained? It's dope. Dope as hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's got it gave me real um, Planet yes. Hulk vibes. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I totally see that. I didn't click when I read it, but yeah, when with you saying that, I see that a hundred percent. The only thing missing is the Trojan helmet. <laughs> but throughout throughout this section of the Superman Omniverse book, we got there wasn't a lot of action. There were some flashbacks, which had some great art in it, but it was all irrelevant stuff because it was stuff that was in the past. Uh, it had some really hokey dialogue, like you would expect on like a Adam West 
era of Batman. Not that I don't didn't find that I love Cesar Romero. He did a great job on the Adam West Batman, but the dialogue just seems extremely dated. Uh, there was yeah. there was art that carried it along, but the the only thing that was forcing the page turn was me grabbing the page with my hand and flipping it. There was no story that was really driving it. I'm hoping we get more, but I seriously doubt it. I think there was something to that. Reed, what did you think? Um, I really love the um kind of plan the like that Planet Hulk kind of vibe. I I would love to see more of that where he ended up. I kind of don't care about the stuff with the kid that didn't really click with me at all. Um, and hearing stories, I, I want to see some stuff. And when I saw Superman with the sword and him him like getting beat up and stuff, so this is kind of a like a sleeper until the last couple of pages. But I am interested to see where it goes. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with you, uh, starting with what Jared said and ending with you. It 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 seems like the majority of this issue is all scene setting. Unfortunately, I always feel like scene setting as far as a character goes. With <coughs> Superman, we already know who this cat is, man. Everybody knows who Superman is. We don't need eight pages or however many pages dedicated to you know Superman's a hero, guys. He does awesome stuff. I want to see his ideals when he's not invulnerable. Like, l- does he hold up to that? How does he live up to that when he can't just stand in front and what? block the bullets? Like, that's interesting. You've got an interesting concept. Show it to us, please. Here's the thing. We see Superman obviously trapped as a gladiator. Superman, although it might not be fully, must be depowered at least somewhat here in order to be captured and controlled on Warworld. Has to be. I think he voluntarily went there to defend her as a representative for our area. It's I mean conspiracy theory. Yeah. Possibly. It just I feel like there was a whole lot of scene setting and that was kind of unnecessary. Obviously Superman's been gone for a while. But we you know, he's he's a he's a superhero. The the question is, is he going to continue being this same kind of Superman? After we see him in the next issue, we that's get the rumor around Candor. Brutal kind of Superman, or I mean, what? Who are we gonna get when all of the chips are down and he's just a normal guy? Especially on Warworld, that's that's kind of an interesting question to ask because we've never seen anything like that before. Next up is Mr. Miracle, written by Brandon Easton, with art by Valentine Delandro and Marisa Louise, and once again Dave Sharp on lettering. Like I mentioned before, Mr. Miracle is unfortunately being released out of order, so the story may be filled in later. Part 2 to the arc comes out next week, hopefully. That will fill in some holes here. But we start out with some commentary about heroes coming back to life, and there's a reason for that. It's because that's what just happened to Shiloh. He's been, re- he's been reincarnated again, and Mother Box is still with him. He's been sent after a signal, but they don't know where they are at first. It doesn't take long for him to figure out that he is on Warworld, and after a brief conversation with Midnighter, he realizes it's been a long time since he's been alive. He himself wants to send a message and help those trapped on Warworld, those including Superman, but as Shiloh goes to leave, he sees that the place is surrounded by an incalculable number of warships. I like the story a whole lot more with this Mr. Miracle. It was a lot better than the last one that we got. The last one that we got, nothing really happened in it whatsoever, um, except for Mr. Miracle getting his ass kicked. And apparently, at some point in between then and this issue, he dies because he comes back to life at the beginning of this one, and quite a bit of time has passed. Uh, 
I guess we'll find out what happens. The art, I it was great the first time I saw it because it brought back a lot of nostalgic feelings, but it's kind of worn off for me now. It's it's stale. It's not pulling me. And I feel as though it, it just doesn't have a place in modern comics. We are... Um, we're looking at something that just kind of felt a little, a little lazy. I, I would hope for better for such a phenomenal character, actually. What did you guys think of it? I absolutely loved Mr. Miracle, in theory. Yeah, I'm a big fan of all the iterations, all the different people behind the, the mask. I, I've loved all of them. Um, Shiloh Norman is actually my favorite. I love the way that he acts. I just he Scott Free is a great character. He's just He's got a lot going on, man. You can't read his books without feeling like it's like you're watching a drama movie his shit is sad <laughs> shiloh norman is shiloh norman is enjoyable well it's got that's a nice story development uh the, as you said the art was good for a 1940s uh serial out of the back of newspaper during the great war and everything but uh the 10 pages that they had were just about 10 pages too many they could have skipped this one entirely <laughs> uh if you want to make it a miracle wait a minute <laughs> right uh if they wanted to really trick truly really make mr miracle a miracle tell him to enter in the men in black thing they have a little flashing uh memory eraser the neuralizer and don't hit me with the flashy thing Jay. and remove this from my from my reading memory this is just <laughs> I, it was that bad huh it, you it wasn't bad it wasn't good it wasn't anything 10 pages of dribble so, yeah it's nothing. It's nothing. That's that's the main problem here. This is just this is just filler. Um, I I don't hate the art style. It's fine, like because it's fine. I mean, and it's interesting in its way. But like you said, the first issue was was or the first story was it was neat to see, but then it never really developed into anything. And um, then with the addition of it, I don't being think they're using it kind of. Order, a, it just it falls apart. Yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough here. Um, it's like you're baking a cookie and you forgot one ingredient. There's something yep. missing. It doesn't just. It, it just doesn't click. Um, so it just kind of falls flat. Well, coming out of a cameo from this story, we're gonna get into the next one. Midnighters showed up real quick, and that's who we're focusing on next. Written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art from Gleb Melnahoff and Jordy Belair, and letters from Travis Lanham. What's going on and happening with Midnighter Reed? All right, so Midnighter. Okay, so now if you're not familiar with Midnighter, Midnighter is kind of like a a multi-universal different version he's of awesome. Batman, except he's got no ears, he's got red eyes, and he likes to shoot laser guns at people. Oh, he's also he, got a computer in his brain. He is one of the characters, also along with Grifter, who we saw show up last week and in previous issues, um, that came from Wildstorm. Uh, him... Yeah, they wear yes, dusters they, there. That's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope over there. Very cool. Flash Lots of guns. Um, but that's where yeah, he's drawn. Yeah, okay. There you go. Flash pretty... point Batman, but he's a little bit. He he's a violent yeah, he's... Batman with a supercomputer implanted in his brain. He got them red eyes, so you know, you know, he's a antihero. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's doing some antihero bullshit, and then he finds a message, and it's instructing him to go to this station. Uh, to do some business. The message is kind of corrupted, so he gets a lot of buzz, 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 and dropped words here and there. Um, but it says, at, so he decides to go because the alternative is all life in the universe being extinguished. Um, and the last thing the message said is, we've got to look, well, we've got to look before Leap kind of guy here with Midnighter, and he opens a portal and 
rushes headlong into the fray, and the last three messages says is um don't like teleport in there <laughs> um or something right, along yeah, those he, lines. Mm-hmm. So so says don't do the thing you're about to do, and then he he's already done doing the thing before the message. Midnighter kind of has so, his own version of a boom tube type thing, and uh, he's not supposed to use it, but uh, he jumps like Lee Reed said a little too quickly. He's a teleporter. <laughs> There yeah. you go. Well, I mean, if you got a teleporter, you don't wait for no fucking business. Because I mean, that I, I imagine that just gets to your head if you can just teleport like that. That messes up your brain. You don't think like regular like, no, people. No, it's not like if you're if you're, anyhow, if you're the flesh. If you're Barry Allen and Iris looks over at you and says, "Right, geez, I really wish I had some French food." You could run to Paris and back in like a minute <laughs> if you stop. Okay, that's the thing that bugs me about. Here's the thing that bugs me about Flash <laughs> all the time. So like, I get. So it's like the speed force makes it so he doesn't get tired, right? Is that the whole no, thing? The insane amount of food that he eats. The calories. Oh, we haven't seen that displayed uh, recently. He does have an incredibly high amount of food intake. Something like near well, okay, hundred hamburgers a day. He crashes. He crashes hard. So, okay. He doesn't end up having it. He'll push his body to the limit and. Like he goes down for the count. They did a great illustration of that on the the TV series before it turned to crap. Uh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, I always wonder about that because I always thought it would be it'd be better because like yeah, okay, so like my dude can run to France and it would only take him like a, a second because right. he's so fast, right? But like he's still crossing that distance. That's that's the whole Atlantic Ocean. My dude, my dude should be like wiped out, even die. His heart would explode. Comic books, bro. Anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. He'd have to eat a hundred hamburgers. Yeah, right. We're doing comic books. France and grab some snails. I get it, but he's doing it for Iris. There you go. He 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 can eat them very quickly. Um. So anyhow, Midnighter he teleports. He does a comic book thing. He warps into this space station looking for this MacGuffin, the Celestial, whatever. Okay, whatever. So he gets in there. This the look of this book is, or this is this part is so cool. It's very like I don't know how to say this. It's like very early nineties. Everything is like scratchy and dark and there's like these weird Cybermen like that are good. the guards and then he kills them and then they come back as weirder Cybermen. They're not, not Cybermen, those are Robocop ripoffs. It's very <laughs> reminiscent of the Wild Storm type. Uh, illustrations that we got when those characters be- were so popular when they came out. I'm I'm stoked to see them back. It's kind of like also for another. I mean, for me, I'm I I'm more of a, a Mar. I was more of a Marvel guy during that era, so it's really giving me like X Force Cable yeah, kind of strike yeah, looking vibes. For sure. That those uh, so, yeah. So he's he's. <laughs> he, he's sneaking around. Um, his supercomputer is directing him towards this core or whatever it is, the MacGuffin. And he climbs in a vent, and they do a little Die Hard reference, which I thought was pretty nice. Thank you very much. It's these little dialogue boxes that um, yes, are pretty are. fun. Um, he gets into another room. There's more goons. There's evil scientists. The action is like kinetic. It's fun. There's like tubes. There's robot guys with machine guns on their tummies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he does all this stuff. And at the very end, uh, he he gets he gets to the end basically. And there is a Superman variant there standing in his way. Is this now? Is this Apollo, Josh? Yes, it is. There we go. Okay, yeah, that that's is what Apollo. I that is Midnighter's husband. Um, I don't see that they're exactly on the same side now. Looks like Apollo is on the bad guy's side, or at least that's the way things look. 
Um, oh Boy, no, because be Apollo is like Superman, but his stuff is a bit more science based as far as his powers and weaknesses go, and he's a lot more in control of them. Uh, he could wo- he could wipe the floor with Superman. Just before he's introduced, yeah. if you take a look at the artwork there, mysteriously, uh, he's getting chased through the caves by, it looks like Darkseid with a machine gun cock. That's, that's a pair of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I was, that's I, a was very, I mean, that's provocative yeah, that is positioning the for that gun. I, I said they were on that's their tummies. Their tummies. No, I said, I, I know, Jared, I was doing, the, I was trying to, I was trying to avoid the obvious uh, huge phallic yeah. gatling reference here, but I mean, if we're in it now, it's a <laughs> robo phallus, and it's a giant gatling. Six of them <laughs> <is what laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> It's what it is. It's a lot of barrels. They're shooting. It's, Multitasker. It's, it's it's steaming hot lead coming out of these boys. <laughs> oh boy. We're in it. We're in it now, boys. Here we are. That's where we're at. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's on aesthetic with it with the midnight vibe. I really love this aesthetic. Awesome. Um, the tone I think is great. It's kind of got like Deadpool kind of meta vibes going on here, and it's it's, it's kind of fun. Um, it's really playful. Midnighter's a cool character. He's got a duster. I, I'm interested in this. Um, give me some more of this, guys. Make it make when me a series, please. When you get a please. chance, Reed, dig back into the library and find some, uh, you know, of your local comic book shop and find some old Wildstorm story with uh with with Midnighter and Apollo in it because it is good stuff. Any of the stories that you were able to find right. didn't have to just be Midnight and Apollo, but any of the stories are really well written. Yeah, the Wildstorm stuff was good. Jared, what did you think? Like I said, it's got the cyborg Robocop ripoffs. Uh, it's got this the dark side with chain gun balances. I got more of a I got more of a resident evil cyborg kind of vibe from it. Well the the one the one scene uh, before he finds the MacGuffin, when they uh, they, the 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 cyborg ripoff come back and they're looking scarier. They look like a mix between Metallo and Bane, except for obviously no green. But they just I don't know. All top jaws, yeah, at least. no bottom jaw. Can't chew. Then they got red tubes coming out of it. That's the reason why I was thinking Bane. But they they just <laughs> they oh oh just make it look like they're half melted. That's scary. Right. Uh, I. I I don't know it. I I love the character Midnight. Uh, I believe it. Me and Josh discussed that he's one of the first uh, openly gay superheroes. Uh, yep. Yes, he was. And they didn't. I love the fact they didn't shy shy away from him. They made him a badass. Uh, oh yeah, the... yeah. They they didn't try to stereotype him for this day and age. For this day and age, if they were to create him, they definitely would have. But think about when he when they first wrote him, it was almost unheard of to have him come out and be a badass. So. Yeah. It, it was great writing and great representation here for sure. The art, yeah, but oh, cool dude, chills out. Well, yeah, I not chill, chill. Maybe Joe chill. <laughs> He's got like a robot friend. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know how that works out. <laughs> Speaking of not being chill, we have another character up next that is known for not being chill, and that is the Black Racer, written by Jeremy Adams, with art by Shiva Ohm and Hi-Fi, and letters by Gabriella Downey. We're given a brand new Black Racer, though, so we don't know a lot about her. Uh, She is one that tells us that she shouldn't even have these powers, so I'm very curious as to how she got them. The original Black Racer is, of course, one of the new gods that we uh, mentioned earlier from the Fourth World, and Jack Kirby's new gods, up there with Darkseid and High Father. Uh, one of her powers, obviously, is instant reincarnation. She's able to come back to life real quick, no matter what. 
Accompanied by her off-screen companions, Tala and Deez, Honda, the name of the new black racer, is in the middle of a race that could qualify her to make it to a championship game at Warworld. On purpose. <laughs> As it turns out, that's where her friends are, though. And the black racer is doing whatever she must to make it there. After achieving her goal and making it to Wolfworld, setting free a bunch of prisoners as well, she's at the business end of a bunch of guns as the issue closes. We get a brand new character with very little to go on, but I thought it was still a fun read. I wasn't drawn in by the character, but that's because of how little detail. We're so caught up in the action, we don't really get a lot of time to flesh out anything else. Um, that's not what made me stick around. The content did, the action, the story, and I am looking forward to more. What did you guys think of this one and everything for all Jared with Superman Worlds at War number one and Black Racer? Well, Black Racer, uh, once again, the, it's the attack of the dialogue boxes everywhere. And I get that when we start out mm -hmm. introducing people. But it distracts from the just slightly above average art. Uh, it's not great, but it's better than usual. There's one thing that I would like to have seen in the story, and that is, oh yeah, a story. <laughs> you know, I, I get that they're building it, building it up, but they, they could have, I know uh, Black Racer's awfully fast, they could have slowed down and done a better job on the art, or at least some details, uh, <laughs> more details on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it, it was good, I thought it matched the vibe of everything, um, it would have worked really well as a cartoon. Whoever's drawing this, if they were interested in cartoon stuff, this would have been fantastic. Definitely. But it's not a cartoon. It's a comic book. And with, I don't know, I'd like to see a little more detail, like the faces when uh, she takes the, the collars off of all the, the people. I have a feeling Reed likes the art in this one. I don't doubt it. But Black, Black Racers sped into uh, a disappointment for me. <laughs> and I don't did know. you guys get Tron vibes from her oh, suit? Get out of here with that! <laughs> yeah, Tron. I got Tron two Tron vibes. vibes. Tron two point oh vibes. He said, "Get out of here with that." <laughs> I'm gonna have to give uh, Superman Wars, uh, Worlds at War, uh, six point seven five. Uh, would have been more if if Mr. Merkel wasn't there. And uh, they did a little bit better job with Black Racer. That would have bumped up a, two, at least two more points. But with everything, 6.75 Gimp Dressed Supermans out of 10. Gimp Dressed Superman out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I had, a straight, I had a straight Pulp Fiction vibe the first time I saw it. <laughs> straight up. All right, Reed. What did you think of Worlds of War? Yeah. I, I, okay. Well, specifically, I, I was into uh, Black Racer. Especially because they started off with all kind of crazy characters. We've got some real, um, uh, you know, kind of like spacey, weird stuff going on. There's all kind of anthropomorphized uh, right. creatures, cool looking aliens. There's some like pod racing stuff going on. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and it's kind of popcorn movie comics, but I'm, I totally dig it. It's got a cool vibe. Um, I thought the art was pretty chill. And I like those little animal men in the beginning. Um, overall, I thought the book was the Midnighter stuff is, wow, right up my fucking alley. They've got tubes. They've got cybernetics. Bat, he's got Batman vibes, but like With in a, a duster. It's very cool. Brain. It's a Moon Knight in black. Come on. It's cool. It's 
It's dope as hell. Gladiator Superman, give me more of that. Give me less of that, like, mythology bullshit. Just give me some Superman and Gladiator stuff. Uh, overall, I thought a lot of the art was good. And, but this this one got too much filler in it. Again, too much filler for me to allow it a high score. I can only give this one a... I'll give it a 7 point... Okay, because I, I, I bumped Wonder Woman. So I'll give this one a 7 even. 7 even. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I... Uh, in, in, okay, so Mr. Miracle aside, I thought the art was amazing throughout the entire issue. The, the whole... Yeah. Superman comic, um, the whole Clark Kent comic, I thought was amazing. Miko Yannan is one of my favorite artists. And where it felt like it was dragging on a little too long, even with that, the damn pages were so nice to look at. Uh, the only person that I can say that I love drawing Superman more is Ivan Reyes. And Miko Yannan is, I mean, he's he's blowing it out of the park here. It was just so gorgeous to look at. I would take any of these frames on my wall, any of them. Uh, again, that's Mr. Miracle aside. Mid Midnighter was awesome with the art. I thought Black Racer could have been, you know, more detailed. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan of that. But the, the art matched the story and the tone. It was, I liked it overall, man. I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Mm. And now it is time. I'm getting crazy looks from Jared for that score. <laughs> That's disbelief right there. <laughs> so art and storyline can only carry so far. All right. <laughs> it was it was it was art and storyline <laughs> carry quite a bit when they're done when they're done right. Even if it's stretched out, if it's if it's, it's done nice right, look it's at above it and average. It can pull you in. I, I I loved it. Above average is good enough for an eight opinions. score for me in this case. Mr. Miracle, what did I you guys think out there? Hit us up on Twitter. Would, let us. I know. probably would have given this a nine out of ten if Mr. Miracle was up to snuff. If Mr. Miracle wasn't in it, mine would have been easily as at least a, a seven and a half, seven and three quarters. But that was utterly pointless. There was no art, no storyline. That distract. I mean, honestly, just for eight bucks, for eight bucks, just to have that. I mean, give me, give me that for six. Give me that for three ninety nine. Leave the story oh, in because I'll, that's. Uh, Three ninety nine, and you know, give me a coupon for the next issue. If anybody wants to buy me this cover and that, that it signed by Michelin, it would be amazing. <laughs> I would Get totally go down for it. You're pandering, pandering on using your position like that. Get out of here. Oh man, I will share pictures all here. over social media. <laughs> Let, let's wrap it up. All let's right, wrap all right. it up. Wrapping baby. it up, we will do it and move on to your favorite part of the show, which is where we tell you our favorite parts of the week. All right, that's our top three books of the week and our favorite panel slash moment. Who wants to start us out this week? I'll take this one. Okay, so we got our top three and our number one. All right, let me look at the list. Ooh, mm. There's a lot of, I wish, you know what? No, scoop it. I'm doing my own. I'm, I'm going off script off on this script. one, baby. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rate each individual issue because here, I'm. I'm on stories now. I'm doing the individual little bitty boys. So starting out with that in mind, I'm gonna go ahead and say number three mm -hmm. is Midnighter. So I'm gonna put number midnight. The Midnighter story as my number three. The art is right on point for me. The, the, like that story is just K mm, Magnifi. I love that a lot. Uh, number two. Uh, for me is 
solidly the um, Nubia portion of Immortal Wonder Woman. I love Nubia. I, I want to get into more of mm-hmm. her. The Pantheon. Um, Aunt Nancy oh, and that like, Minotaur it. guy. Come on, so that much. club is dope as hell. Um, I, I want to get more into that and find out more of, uh, of what's going on there. And I think I got to go number one for me is Catwoman. I mean, the vibe and the aesthetic of that book is just so cool. I love I love the army. I love, um, you know, Ram V's writing Catwoman. Come on. There that's you number go. one, baby. Um, my favorite moment, though, does come from my number two pick in Immortal Wonder Woman, the full splash page of Nubia saying, I am mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. Wow. Wow. That is a that's a page there. Like her hair is three quarters of it. And it's like it's oh, man. Wow. That's that's a page that then that's my favorite moment for sure. Um, With a honorable mention. An honorable uh, that's mention funny because I was going to do in, honorable um, mentions, too. Uh, that's hilarious. I can't help it. <laughs> my honorable mention for best moment is there is a there's a really good. And I thought about this while we were going through. And I as I was reading it and I thought to myself this this exact thought. Uh, that's a really good dick butt. Uh, so there's a there's a really funny little butt in in the nightwing um right after he gets changed i think or he's investigating i don't know it's a little cute little dick butt that Uh, is actually i mentioned when we reviewed that issue that nicholas scott is a fan favorite artist i'm it's because she's famous for drawing (laughs) dick grayson's butt baby got back she is oh. the artist responsible for starting the Dick Grayson ass fanatic. The hashtag Dick Scott. Hashtag Dick Buck. I'm pretty sure Dick that might pull without up seeing other things. that shit. No. Can't do it. Can't yeah, do that's it. a different thing. Um, that's a, that's a, there's a re, there's like kind of a meme creation that is Dick Butt, but this is a different Dick Put it hashtag DC Dick Butt. Dick Dick Butt. That's a football player. No, that's Butt Kiss. All right, Jared. Well, where were you at with your top three and favorite panel slash moment of the week? Uh, for my top three, I'm going to have to choose with my boy, the badass Billy Batson with Future State Shazam. Uh, the story was going on. There's a lot of uh, open leeway, and I love to see how they end up developing Shazam without Billy's innocence in him and mm-hmm. how much it ends up being of the crux. Because what else is kept at the Rock Fraternity? The Seven Deadly Sins. That's true. Without Billy's innocence, is Shazam and the forms of all those God powers being inside him able to with the potential is amazing. I'm 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 yeah. I'm really deeply looking forward to it. For number two, I'm gonna have to go Catwoman. Okay, with the the, the art on Catwoman, Otto Schmidt, you are the shit because it was it was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, the art made me want the art alone. The, the storyline was maybe wanted to progress, but the art alone it kept me flipping pages. I needed to have like thirty or forty more pages because I didn't want to stop reading it. It was great. Uh, my number one pick is the Immortal Wonder Woman. Uh, it was phenomenal. The, the The art on both sides of the story was great, and I have to agree with Reed. It ha- it also hosts the my panel of the week. Anubia's looking. Fierce as all hell, claiming that she's Wonder Woman. But I do disagree. That is not a panel. That's not a page. That is a poster that needs to be put up and have some autographs. <laughs> that is, you, you blow that, right, you blow right, that right. up. That is phenomenal done. And she looks fierce. 
great. It's great. Hell yeah. I can't agree with you guys more. That is a phenomenal scene. And since y'all chose that one, I'm going to vary a little bit on my favorite panel. But before I get there, let me get my top three. And those are coming in at number three. I'm going to have to put Future State, the next Batman, number two. Um, I gave that an 8.5 on the site, and I agree with that rating. I liked every story that was in it. I felt like the last one was lacking a little bit, but not enough to knock it out of the top spot. Honorable mention here, though, I have to give equal to, and this is going to spoil maybe a little bit, my two and number one, but honorable mention is going to go to the Immortal Wonder Woman number one because Nubia was amazing, and I loved what happened with Diana. I also want to give honorable mention to uh, the Midnighter story because I love Midnighter and Apollo together as a team and to see them potentially at opposite ends of, of a fight is is really cool to me because I mean it's the 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 most badass Batman versus the most badass Superman and seeing where <laughs> things go man it's awesome uh, so those get honorable mention. Number three is the next Batman. Number two, I'm going to give to Nightwing. I gave that a 9 out of 10 on the site, and it was awesome. I had fun with the whole thing, man. I know you guys were not big fans, but I certainly was. Number one, there's no epi- there's no issue that could have taken this place, in my opinion, other than Catwoman. 9.25 on mm. the site. There was nothing yeah. wrong with this issue. Um, if I wasn't so stingy with 10s, I probably would have thrown this out. It, it, very, very little, tiny, tiny thing. It was near perfection, and I can't. I, I really, really need this creative team to stick together and bring me more. Now, my favorite moment was when Batman and Nightwing met for the first time. Uh, Nightwing, mm, Nightwing getting the jump fun. on him. He's he's in nothing but a towel, and he ends up on his back. But he's got he's got backup because that's what he does. He's Nightwing, and he's no joke. So that was pretty awesome. That scene now, reminded me in Training Day. You're thinking two moves ahead. I'm thinking 24. This is chess. This ain't checkers. <laughs> ain't that right? <laughs> I heard that. Now you know, I I honestly, guys, I didn't want to do this part this week. Um, but just like I had to say last week, someone has to step into the shoes and fill the breeze, so to speak. Now it is time for the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. All right, Reed. Who made your stink list today? All right. Uh, I'm breaking form yet again um, on this one, Ooh. and I'm going to single out a single story out of all of them because some of them – some of the books are better than others. I think overall Stinker probably next Batman for me, but the single most stinky story was Mr. Miracle. Far and away. I, I didn't like it. I was bored. Okay, Jared, who made your stink list? On my stink list, uh, it is the the part on po- the art as in sirens. Uh, Poison Ivy, the eye, eye and the eyebrows going above the bangs so you can see through them. That just really got to you, didn't it? <laughs> it, it, they it's weird for sure i i didn't notice it now exactly I it distracted me from the rest of the damn story i wish it was printed on softer paper i would use it to wipe my ass it was complete oh, garbage that's now exactly talk about right. a stinker <laughs> stink nugget <laughs> 
All right, man. Well, I thought somebody, you know, somebody's got to lose. Um, pretty much everybody got great scores for me this week, uh, once again, in future state. But at the end of this week, I found this book to be, I suppose, the least impressive, and that was Shazam. I only gave it a 7.75, but on that was the lowest scoring book that I had this week. And that means Shazam made my stink list. And that's the show. Tune in next week when we'll be talking about Dark Detective number two and the first future state issues of Batman Superman, Suicide Squad, Legion of Superheroes, and Superman vs. Imperious Lex. As always, you amazing humans out there, thank you so very much for listening. You're the reason why we do this. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to hear all of our episodes on nearly any podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for all of our exclusive content just for our patrons that they get for just a dollar a month. Not a robot podcast.com takes you everywhere you need to go for everything not a robot. And with that, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot.